Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. Recipe for Success. That's easy for me to say, right? Uh, <laughs> for those of you that are joining us for the first time, my name is Nancy Giacalone. And the reason for this podcast LinkedIn live session is it's a way for me to tie my love of cooking in with my love of business and personal development. Because one thing I've discovered over the years is there's always a key ingredient or a key te technique that is critical to the outcome. So I'm really excited this morning to have my special guest, Sims Tillerson, join us with EBM. Sims and I have been connected for a while and he is very entertaining. I think that um, my biggest challenge today is to keep this concise. So I'm gonna turn it over to you, Sims, to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do for your day job. Absolutely, so super excited to be on the show with you, Nancy, first of all. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, from, I'll call it eight to five, although it's all too often much longer than that. I serve as a national director of business development for EBM. So I'm partnering with benefits consultants and insurance carriers to provide technology that streamlines onboarding benefits administration and HR compliance processes. So um, I know that this is um, a little bit of a recent change in career path for you. So I want to talk about how you got this job, because I think it's interesting and it's going to tie into some of the other um, questions and topics that we that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, the owner of my company that I work for EBM is Frank Mingert. If you don't know who he is, he's a uh, very loud and <laughs> very, very out there LinkedIn personality. Uh, he's been doing it for a while. So I actually have been following what he's doing for a few years. And I cold pitched Frank to hire me as his head of business development over a LinkedIn video message, kind of out of the blue. And what was his response to that? So he, he let it sit for a few days and I was like, uh, okay, maybe, maybe that wasn't the best play, but he finally reached back out, dropped me a link to his calendar, said, Hey man, Let's have a conversation because funny enough, I've been thinking about how I can build an outbound organization at EBM. So we we had a conversation and that conversation led to a few more until ultimately, you know, rather quickly, I was sitting in front of a consulting group he had hired doing a whole myriad of personality tests to make sure that we could work together. And then before you knew it, I was hired on at EBM. Awesome. And are you are you happy with this new this new position, this new role? Yeah, I'm I'm having a ton of fun. Um, Frank has has given me an incredibly long leash to do what I like to do. Um, he sees the value in personal branding and social selling and how it can complement some of the maybe more traditional ways that we've sold through knocking on doors, sending cold emails, cold calls. Um, so it, it's great. It's really cool. We're building something special. That's awesome. So um, obviously, um, Frank, I know, obviously, I know exactly who Frank is. And I've been doing so for lack of a better term, social selling and branding for a while myself. And he was the one that really caught my attention and helped solidify in my mind that I needed to do something. Clearly, my style is very different from Frank's. Um, so it yeah. was not an imitation, but it definitely 
it, it definitely made an impact on me. And when I saw him doing that, I knew that there was something that I needed to change and do differently. So um, it's very interesting. So um, speaking of branding, one of the things I see you say a lot, post a lot is brand or die. Like, well, I hope I don't die. I think I'm branding, <laughs> but tell, tell us why you say that and what exactly you mean by it. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll couch this by saying, this is my personal belief. You don't have to agree with it. Doesn't matter to me. It's from, you know, my personal experience, but I believe that the way that we sell is changing very significantly. So Nancy, you, you and me have been in relationship based selling for a long time. So we know that a single cold call can never land a deal. It may be an opportunity to start a relationship, but for me, the easiest way to get someone to know, like, and trust me is to proactively be in front of them as myself, not as Sims, the salesman, but as Sims. And so the way that I've done that is through personal branding, specifically on LinkedIn and TikTok. Um, but to kind of summarize what I could make a very long story, I think if you're sticking to the classic ways of selling only, and you're not building relationships, you're not building a personal brand for people to get to know you, you're going to be left behind by your competition just because of the new age we're in that COVID really sped up and escalated. Sales isn't taking place all face to face and all over the phone and all over email anymore. There is a, a very real virtual and social aspect to it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you take a step backwards and you think about, um, we'll call them lawyers, attorneys that have their faces plastered on billboards on the side of the freeway. Yeah. They do that for a reason. It's not, it's because it creates awareness. And when the need arises, they're like, I'm not sure who to call, but oh, hey, I remember Jack Black, the attorney. I'm going to look him up and call him because otherwise they don't know where to start. But if they have yeah. a level of familiarity, and I think that the thing that um, social media does more than anything else is it brings that even more to the forefront because we get to show our personalities, not just our face on a billboard. Right. Right. And, and also, go ahead, Nancy. No, no. I just wanted to say you brought up a really good point there. Um, you know, I, I, along with a lot of other people, can't find the cash to pay for a billboard. So social media removes the barriers of entry for marketing yourself as well with, you know, removing that cost. So um, to, to kind of further go down that path just a little bit, um, I actually posted a video the other day about personal branding, and that's something that you promote. And so tell everybody your thoughts on the difference between personal branding and corporate or business branding and why it's so important. Yeah. So first, they're both extremely important, but they need to exist in harmony together. Um, because, you know, I, I look at you, Nancy, um, I would, you have a very strong corporate brand, but I would venture to say your personal brand is much stronger and maybe more well-known. Um, and that's important because it personalizes what your business is and it makes your business more relatable to the average person. But by the same token, those two brands are really tied together, which is super important because if 
Nancy's personal brand is one thing and her corporate brand for the business she owns something completely different, then your personal branding is not going to be successful at all. But I mean, I look at people like Elon Musk is a good example. He has got one of the most powerful personal brands there is. And more people know who he is than it, than probably know who SpaceX and Tesla are. Right. And so it's important to have that to build a business. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so how and when did you make the, the conscious decision to start branding and marketing yourself in this way on the yeah. various social media platforms? We're about a year in um, this month. So my kind of a little of my background is I worked for a, a carrier and a voluntary benefits carrier for about seven years. And I was on the sales side um, and on the relationship management side. So I was used to, I would get on a plane every week and go meet with brokers and prospective accounts and go sit in front of them and do business with them. And so that was the only way I knew how to sell. Fast forward to COVID hitting, I made a job change to lead sales for the central United States for an enrollment firm. And I found myself unable to get on a plane and unable to get in front of people. And so my predicament was, hey, there are hundreds of people that do the exact same thing that I do. How do I stand out in the marketplace? So I figured I had nothing to lose and uh, began my my journey of personal branding that's been one uh, of many failures and learning opportunities before I had a lot of success doing it. So what would you say the key values or core of your personal branding is that you want people to say when they think of Sims, what, what should they be thinking of? Yeah. So I, I changed this first one to be a little more um, politically correct recently, but the first one and most important to me is to be unapologetically real. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be helpful. So those things ground me not only in all the content I create, but in the interactions I have with other people. And I think if I can stay true to those three things, I'm going to attract the kind of customers I want and the kind of partnerships that I want. I think that that's very true. And and you are unapologetically real because um, I, I mean, you put some kind of controversial stuff out there sometimes, I would say. I do. Um, I do. But but I, it never feels like it's coming from a place of just trying to stir the pot. It's, it's more, here's what I think. And I think that if you put it out there and if you disagree respectfully and kindly with people, then you have a real conversation and you never actually know where the, something like that's going to go. I think it creates opportunities. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I've, I have the opportunity to learn a lot when I make maybe controversial statements, because when I do that, um, truly from my standpoint, it is an invitation for, for people that have differing viewpoints to provide me their perspective, maybe teach me something I didn't know. So that's been a fun thing for me. And you're right. I never do it to get a bunch of views by pissing people off, um, <laughs> or, or just to generally stir the pot. As you mentioned, it, it does come from a, a place of honesty and of wanting to learn and experience other other views and perspectives. Well, I mean, I know that I personally learn from, even when I disagree, um, it makes me think and it makes me think, yeah. why, why do I feel that way? 
Sometimes I change my mind. Sometimes I don't. Um, again, you know, I'm going to, you inspired me. I did a video a couple weeks ago about the value of employers and what we put on the, you know, what we risk and what we put on the line um, based on a post because it got me thinking. And I'm like, why do I feel so strongly about this way? Well, clearly I'm an employer. So that does, that does maybe taint my opinion a bit, but I thought about it a long time before I actually responded and wanted to articulate what I, what I had to say about that. So, mm -hmm. so I love it when, when you do that, because I think it, it does, it does create an invitation for conversation and mm -hmm. how do we, how do we, how do both sides understand each other better? Yeah. And we, we had a great conversation because of that. And you taught me uh, a lot. And I think, you know, what you mentioned is you're an employer and I'm a person that's never, you know, I have, a side consulting business and a music business, but they're solopreneur businesses. I've never had employees. So as much as your view may be shifted because of that, so is mine. Um, right. So you interacting with that post and challenging me a little bit shifted my perspective and taught me something new. So anyway, I think that's cool. Okay. Let me see. Um, all right. This is one I was, um, we're going to shift gears a little bit for anybody following along. One of the things you've been really open about on um, social media is your struggles with mental health. And um, mm -hmm. you kind of made a big breakthrough in the last very recently and were able to finally wean yourself off all medications. Now, by saying that, I certainly know that that's not the right decision for everybody, but right. you were able to do that. Um, so no disrespect to anybody taking mental health medications. They're there for a reason. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that and also why you felt um, compelled to share that part of your story. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've, I've struggled with substance abuse, addiction, and then general mental health in the way of panic disorder, depression, and agoraphobia um, for really almost as long as I, I can remember since I was probably 12 or 13. Um, so it's a, it's a really big part of my identity and my lived experience. Um, so when I think about being unapologetically real, radically honest, which is again, another part of my recovery from substance abuse, it's important for me to share that. And being a sales guy, I also know that other salespeople, especially in the insurance industry, struggle with substance abuse, struggle with anxiety in a tremendous way. And, you know, it's kind of taboo to talk about. And so I want to be the guy that says, hey, I don't really care if you look down on me because I've experienced th these things. We're not right for each other from a relationship perspective anyway. And I want to show that there's hope for other people by sharing the, those experiences that I've lived. So I have two thoughts on that. Um, first is we're in an industry with a bunch of peacocks, um, quite frankly, and they like to strut around with their tail feathers out and say, look at me, look at me, look at how great I am. And if you're a person that struggles in any way with self-confidence, anxiety, et cetera, it can very quickly make you feel less than. And so yeah. Um, it's, it can be this sales industry, especially this benefits industry can be a struggle to maintain a good mental attitude. So that's the one thought I have. And then the second is thought slash question for you during the last year and a half of COVID, um, 
I have to think that mental health struggles are at an all time high for people that may not have ever even experienced it before. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I saw my wife who has struggled with anxiety and depression her whole life, but has never really been medicated. I saw her have to go back on medication during COVID. And I've seen a lot of other people begin, you know, reaching out to me directly because of my posts and saying, hey, I struggle with this too. Um, I've never really had to deal with it before. And I think, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, but the lack of the lack of community and social interaction was a big, a big burden for me personally. And I think for a lot of other folks as well. Well, and then also you mentioned that, you know, you struggled with, um, I'm going to say it wrong. Agoraphobia, I think is, is, and that's when you don't want to leave your house, right? Okay. So so just want to make sure I make sure I wasn't right. I just want to make sure I kind of had that one straight. Yeah. When, when we've been asked as a society for, over a year to essentially stay put and not go out. I think that people that did not struggle with that previously are now struggling with it and they don't understand yeah. it. They don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'll come back to that one in a minute. Um, I think that they don't know how to express this fear because they've never had it before. They don't know who to ask for help because they've never had to do it before. So I think people are actually recognizing mental health struggles more than they ever have before. But the problem is we don't have anywhere to go. There's not enough, there's not enough providers out there that have the time and bandwidth to help all the people that need help. Yeah. And another, another pitfall of our industry is that a lot of traditional fully funded medical plans don't provide benefits for therapy and for mental health. Um, so even if people can find a provider, you know, good for you if, if you have enough money saved up to afford 150 bucks a visit to a therapist, but most people don't. Um, and thankfully I'm lucky enough to have comprehensive mental health coverage now through EBM, but it's just not the case for everyone. No, it's not. And, you know, I will say this. Um, if you don't, if you're out there and you have experienced any of these feelings and you don't have good comprehensive mental health benefits, there are other options. There are um, Talkspace is a good one that's at an affordable price point. Listeners on call, which are empathetic listeners, they, they it's $30 an hour. So there's other options out there. So look into them. Some of the um, carriers have now added um, telehealth benefits for mental health as well. So you don't even have to leave your house to, to seek that care, but there are other options. And if you're one of those people that doesn't know where to go, feel free to reach out to Sims or myself and we can point you in the right direction. Um, I did see a comment. Um, I popped it on here for a minute. So full disclosure, Judy Woodall Turner is my mother and she is my number one fan. <laughs> she tunes in most of the time, but she did say, you know, it wasn't, it was, wasn't easy to stay, you know, to stay up on attitude. You know, it was a lot of work. And I know that because she being in a higher risk health category, because she was older, really did not get to go out for a very long time. And that's kind of demoralizing. So it was, it was tough. 
Um, okay, so here we go. We are going to switch gears one more time. So from the background, from your background, we are given a hint as to where I'm going with this question because I see some musical instruments hanging in on your wall. And I happen to know that you're a very talented musician. You regularly play live gigs, at least now again. And yep. you're also you're also a published musician. So tell us a little bit about your love of music, where it started, and let's talk music. It's yeah. way more fun than insurance. It is, it definitely is. Too bad it doesn't pay as well. Um, so I think like most folks who grew up in the Bible Belt, my experience with music started in church. Um, church leaders saw that I could sing. And so it was like, all right, let's, let's get some instruments in this boy's hand and get him playing. So that's, that's where my music journey began. I'm a classically trained pianist and vocalist. Um, and really because of those two things have been able to pick up things like the guitar and mandolin and the banjo and a whole myriad of other string instruments. But I guess I started really playing in front of people when I was about 12. And by the time I was 16, I was gigging all around the Southeast um, in bands and as a solo artist and really continued that. Um, it, it helped play a part in getting me kicked out of college the first time um, <laughs> playing, playing bars out in Atlanta until, you know, four in the morning and, not being willing to go to class, but it's always been a really important part of my life and writing specifically, you know, writing lyrics, creating music has been a great outlet for me from a mental health perspective. So something I spend a lot of time on, um, again, it's not something I can get rich doing, but I love it so much. Um, and so I always try to make time to play a gig when I can and, and record some music when I can. And I'm actually, um, my producer and I are in the mastering process, but I'm a, about to release a little two song album that we recorded here during the pandemic. Awesome. Well, I've, I have heard some of your music. It's amazing. If you haven't checked him out, definitely do so. So um, I also love music and, and that was one of the things we, we connected on. It was kind of fun, but so my love of music actually comes from my mom and I will give her a shout out because since she happens to be on this call, and we grew up and we would go we would go camping a lot. And one of her best girlfriends, they would load up the station wagon, put us girls on the back of the car, and music was blaring in that car at all times. And you know, we listened to all the good stuff. And she loved, she loved music, but she only wanted to buy what she wanted. So she bought 45s. And so we had a great sound system at our house, but she would only play the 45s most of the time. I mean, there are a few albums, but she wanted to listen to what she wanted to. And yeah. it was, it was kind of fun. And um, quite frankly, that passed down to me and then to my son. I mean, I was the mom that took their, her, 13 year old kid to see Pearl Jam and AFI. And, That's you know, we, awesome. we went, went to those concerts and it was, it was quite an experience. And um, so of course, you know, that love of music has passed on down as well. And, and I love that. So since we're talking about kids, do you plan on passing down your love of music to, hmm, is there a baby on the way? There might be. So my wife and I are expecting our first, uh, on January 3rd, and I'm absolutely going to make that kid learn the piano. 
Um, and then from there they can do whatever they want. But my wife and I have talked about it and all of, all of the kids that we have, whether they're ours or adopted or whatever, they're going to learn the piano. Um, because it's been something that's opened up music for me in a, in an incredible way. Um, and I know that if my parents hadn't forced me to learn it, I never would have done it on my own. Well, I am not musically inclined myself. As a matter of fact, no one ever wants to hear me sing, hum, tap, any of it, just not going to do it. I loved it to listen to music, but it's my understanding that the piano is the foundation to other in the foundation of music. And if you understand the piano, you're more likely to do well or to be able to play other instruments as well. Am I correct? Yeah. And that's absolutely been the case for me because without knowing it, even as a child, you learn the theory behind music when you learn to play the piano. And so you can really easily transfer that definitely to any string instrument. But I know people that are much more talented than me that have been able to transfer that to horns, woodwinds, all myriads of instruments. So it's a great foundation piece. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we have made it to my favorite part of the podcast where we get to move on to my five burning questions. They're pretty much the same for most of my guests, although I do switch them up a little bit depending on who's coming on. So you have a couple special questions in there, but the first one never changes. And that always is what is your absolute favorite food in the world? And can you cook it? My favorite food in the world is pizza and I do not make it well. Okay. Do, not make do you it have a favorite? Do you have like a favorite brand someplace you get it from? Yeah, there's a, a little place down the road from my house called the pizza joint and they make um, the size of their slices is very similar to like Sbarro, um, but hand tossed wood fired pizza, fresh ingredients, really interesting recipes and I can walk to it. So, you know, I get it a lot, um, but it's fantastic. <laughs> nice. Is there a favorite, like favorite combination or topping that you like? So right now I'm, I'm big on their version of the Hawaiian pizza. So it's oh, traditional ham, okay. pineapple, bacon, and jalapenos. So good. So good. I'm pretty sure that pineapple means poison on a pizza. I, I have never understood I've never understood it, but okay, we'll go with that. Okay, so next question. What is the one character trait that you admire most in other people and why? I'll call it integrity. Um, so people doing what they say they're going to do, regardless of if anyone would find out if they didn't. Um, I, I admire and value that a lot because it's a difficult thing to do. And it's not always the, it's not always the easiest. It doesn't always make you the most money and it doesn't always win you the most friends. Got it. Okay. So now I'm going to, I'm gonna, now I'm going to turn that mirror on you. So what's the one character trait in yourself that you are most proud of and why? My willingness to be unapologetically real because I share, you know, like you said, I share, I share a lot of opinions that may be considered controversial. I share a lot of things about myself, um, about my experiences that most people consider taboo and wouldn't be willing to share. And again, I alienate a potential audience, group of prospects, buyers, customers, whatever you want to call it in doing that. Um, but it's, it's how I feel at my best and it's how I can 
easily go to sleep at night and be happy with the person I am. And wouldn't you, at the end of the day, rather do business with people that appreciate you for who you are than trying to be somebody that you're not? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just way more fun. It makes life that much more enjoyable. So kudos to you on that. All right. Okay. Who is your favorite musician of all time and why? And you only get to pick one. All right. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll only pick one. Um, you know who it is, uh, but it's Chris Cornell. So he's amazing to listen to, but that dude was literally one of the most talented musicians to ever live at any time. Um, so I love, I love all of his music gone far too soon. Um, I'm actually looking at a, a limited run guitar that Gibson made that were Chris Cornell specials and they're like 12 grand, but I'm going to figure out a way to buy one if I've got to save for 10 years to do it. I love it. Well, you, you and I, we've already discussed this and we are on consensus on that one. He is hands down. If anybody asks me who my favorite musician is, I don't even have to think twice. He number one in, in my book, as you say, because he was so incredibly talented. He was just the complete package. And, and, uh, that was my day of mourning, the day, the day that he left this world. I was very, very sad. It took, it took a while to get over that one. Yeah, that was a big okay. loss for us. Yeah. So, so I will, I'll give you a follow-up question to that one. It wasn't, so this is a pop question for you. So we talked about musician. So since we have guitars hanging in the back, if we were to say, who's your favorite guitarist of all time, who would that be? Angus Young. Oh, well, ACDC. He's so ACDC is what got me into playing the guitar. I love it. He will always so be my favorite. You don't ever wear a little shorts when you play the guitar, though, do you? Oh, I do. <laughs> there's, a, there's a video on LinkedIn that I've got to see. I, if I want to see, I want to see Angus Young style Sims. <laughs> there's a video on LinkedIn of me and my wife playing Seven Nation Army. She's playing drums, I'm playing guitar. And I'm wearing little running shorts and I caught a lot. I still catch a lot of flack for that video. I'll find oh, it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go look for that. That sounds epic. Okay. So we know that you're pretty much an open book, but is, do you have a secret talent or something people might be surprised to learn about you? Secret talent. We'll see. I feel like I've got a secret talent. I can't come come up with anything. So I'll say something that I think most people don't um, know about me, even though I've posted about it a few times. And that's that I love tattoos. And me and you have talked about that before. I actually have 11 tattoos. Most people don't, most people don't know that about me. think I'm a little more straight laced. Coming from the Bible belt as you are. Yeah. <laughs> My parents still get really mad every time I get a tattoo, even though I'm out of the house for, well over 10 years. Yeah. That's funny. I love that. Um, well, I love them as well. Okay. So last question, who is the one person that you've connected with on LinkedIn, but you've yet to meet in real person that you would most like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with, listen to music with whatever you, however you want to, whatever situation you want to be in. And alternatively, if it's not on LinkedIn is maybe a podcast host. So who yeah. would that be and why? It's, um, a young woman named Nico Chesno, and she is in the business development space with cybersecurity. She's out near neck of the woods 
and we've just forged a friendship um really bonding over some of the abuse that we both suffered as children and our struggles with mental health and she's just an awesome human being that i think i could learn a lot from over a cup of coffee that's wonderful isn't it isn't it really cool how we've been able to form these friendships and relationships through social media that we would not have been able to do five years ago i mean it really has changed so much it really is i mean the two of us would have never have met no absolutely not i mean we're in different and parts we of the country all we're, the time yeah different generations everything else and and you're just one of my favorite people so i'm so happy to have you on all right so we're going to wrap this up with a pitch for whatever you want to pitch um ebm your other gigs and how people could best connect with you and get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'm going to double pitch, but it'll be quick. So that's okay. Reach, you have all the time. Reach out to me if you want help establishing a personal brand and learning how to sell socially, specifically on LinkedIn. And also reach out to me if you're a benefits broker and you want to learn how to set more prospect meetings and win more business by leveraging benefits administration technology. As you've probably guessed right now, the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. I'm linkedin.com slash Sims Tillerson. My cell phone number and email address are both on the uh, profile. Okay. So I lied. I actually have one last question for you. Okay. Um, so clearly we all know Nancy Giacalone. That's of an Italian heritage, even though it's by marriage. Sims Tillerson, I've never run across that name before. So tell me what your heritage is. Absolutely. So Tillerson is Scandinavian. Um, and it's a derivative of the word to till. So son of a farmer. Okay. And Sims is my grandmother's maiden name, which is just a classic naming convention here in the South. Okay. I, well, I, I would have guessed Scandinavian of some variety. So now, so now I know I'd, I'd been meaning to ask you that and I should have put it in my questions, but anyway, I, I figured it wasn't going to be too tough to answer that one as a little pop on. Yeah. Thankfully I remembered that one. Good, good. Well, your parents will be proud of you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, honestly, if you don't already follow Sims, you need to. He posts some fantastic content. He does play his guitar and sing occasionally on here as well. Um, I believe, are, do, are you on YouTube with your music as well? Yeah, I am. And you can find me on any streaming platform as well. Okay. So, and he is, he is starting up a podcast, so he's all over the place. Um, so definitely look him up. He is worth connecting with and following. You'll, you'll learn a lot from him and he's a great guy. So thanks everyone for tuning in today and until next week, make it a great day.